Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Love. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. show everybody this is dr homebrew and we're sitting here in the studio about to drink some homebrewed beer and talk about it and judge it and do all of the things that uh you know everyone wants to do you know what i'm trying to say um happy to be here we have some good beers tonight we have a saison i believe that's brewed with kiwi or something like that kiwi yeah which is weird those headphones don't work they're getting really staticky and weird. No, it's the, it's the box, man. It's this oh, thing. Okay. you got to fuck Let's with it. This. Yeah, it's stupid. Uh, anyway, before we get into the beers, I want to thank our sponsor, Five Star Chemicals. Go to fivestarchemicals.com and learn how to properly clean and sanitize your beer and uh, all that kind of fun stuff. They have the chemicals that you need, and you know I, I, we can't really stress this enough. You actually do need them. You, don't, you, don't, you can't just go, oh, I'll just use this other thing. Five Star is... Is the best in the business. Uh, anybody will tell you. That. Anybody who knows what the hell they're doing will tell you that. And if they tell you something different, they don't know what they're doing. Sometimes I wish they made beer too, be, right? You know, because it's just that's how good. Well, sometimes you have people who make other products for you, or you know, whatever, produce stuff, and then they make beer, and then you right. wish they don't make beer. I'm not gonna name any names, but I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, some of, our, some of the suppliers out there make beer, and you're like, well, I wish that didn't happen. <laughs> uh, I wish a lot less people made beer than actually make beer, just in general. Like in general, the uh, craft beer scene kind of sucks lately, and I'm fucking really mad about it. I'm drinking a blonde ale right now that is not a blonde ale at all. It has no head at all, and it's a hazy, soft water, creamy mouthfeel blonde ale. And it, it, I, I've, I've had half of this beer for now 45 minutes, and I'm, I'm not going to finish it. And I think it's. I think it's gross, and I'm just, I don't understand it. It looks weird. I don't understand it, man. It smelled weird, too. God. And really, I guess what I get mad about is that, you know, I think most people, uh, most craft beer drinkers are home brewers or educated in styles. So if you say it's a blonde ale, it better be a fucking blonde ale. Don't give me a don't give me a light hazy IPA, dude, and call it a blonde ale. This style creep is annoying, man. It smells like honey. I'm drinking a lager that smells like honey. Yeah, yeah that, and that's a lager that's fresh not honey, actually, fresh honey and a little bit of sulfur. It's by the same brewery. It's not even lagered. I guarantee it's too estery to be lagered. It, it just makes no sense. That's why I'm gravitating more towards spirits and tiki drinks now because you know experimentation in, in cocktails is a little bit more. 
I don't know, easier, easily defined or easily um, welcomed because it's right. supposed to be. That's how they, they kind of came out in the first place. Um, and you're not learning, like, styles. I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? A Mai Tai is this recipe. And you can kind of venture off for it. But, like, a Blondale has numerous recipes, but it still should fall within a category. And, and you know, five years from now, you'll be like, the, the Mai Tais. Sorry, I know. I got my microphone closer to me and I'm talking into it, so I'm a lot louder. Nope, you're doing great. I got you. Don't worry about it. You're like, wow, you know, these Mai Tais. What the, what the fuck's going on with these Mai Tais? I remember when people were making <laughs> real fucking Mai Tais. Well, that's the thing about the drinks industry, man, is everybody will always make real fucking Mai Tais. Because, know, because they want to stay to style. And if they... If they float something else in there, then it's their take a on a different drink, drink man. Like, there's fucking hot Mai Tais now. Why are they <laughs> yeah. like, mauled Mai Tais? Uh, actually, it sounds pretty good. I'm not going to lie about it. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much to Five Star. And, okay, we have a Saison, right? Saison. Yeah. With kiwi. A hobbity Saison. With kiwi. A base beer is Saison with kiwi. Bottle smells good. I'm not gonna... And then what's the other beer we have? We have a Kolsch. 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 I'm not going to try to pronounce it correct, correctly because I. Kirsch. Like, yeah. Kirsch. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to try, but it's. I'm excited, be, and I, I, I probably say this too, too many times, but I don't really care. Uh, when was a lot? We don't really get Saisons a whole lot. We no. get Kolsch's a fair amount, a fair amount, but I always enjoy them because it's a good style. And I think if we can help people um, along in, in learning how to make a Kolsch, that. It should actually be a Kolsch that's not like domestic Turo and Cascade. <laughs> like, again, yeah. a lot of craft brewers like to use that, and it just it, it frustrates me to no end. Uh, we got some email. Um, oh, cool. Entitled, I understand JP's frustration with NHC. <coughs> You're frustrated with NHC? What's going on? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's not like uh, it's not. No one can really say. Uh, he says, "Hey guys, I'm the Brian that sent you guys the Irish Red this from uh, last month, I think." I think it was last month. Um, yeah, it was yeah. recent. It was yeah. recent. I can now say that I have experienced exactly what frustrates JP about the National Homebrew Competition. That same batch of Irish Red that Brian and Keith Kevin scored a 37. <laughs> I love that. Got an average of 30. One judge scored it a 28 and the other a 32, so they met in the middle. Of the two judges, it was the non-BJCP judge who scored it higher. It was bottled in the same exact way, and I held a bottle back to taste on the weekend of judging. No difference in taste to me. Certainly not a 10-point difference. Anyhow, I got a good laugh out of it and now can commiserate with JP. I rebrewed the Irish Red with some of the feedback that I got and dropped the ABV to just over 4%. I'll send you a couple bottles if you're interested. Doesn't have to be on the show. Yeah, of course we're interested. And then Brian wrote a novella. Well, actually, my second reply is better. <laughs> well, yeah. I your secretary wrote the novella. That would be pretty awesome. Yeah. Did you see writing. this This email? I did see You're right. I, I like, think I shared him. Christ. Sorry, One, Brian. two, doing screen three, shots. four, doing, five, six, seven paragraphs. He's, he's taking screenshots from the, the guidelines <laughs> and all kind of other crazies. But actually, from a score sheet, he's taking screenshots and showing stuff. Oh, I love Brian. That's why he's on the show, man. Because this guy, he just... Because I can write and not talk. He knows all your... Sh- yeah, well, you know your stuff, man. And then he goes, wow, I wasn't expecting this much of... <laughs> you overwhelmed him. Yeah, I like thinking about judging philosophy and stuff like that. So his, you know, his yeah. comments kind of struck a nerve in me, and you know, in a way, I kind of stood up for judges too. And that, you know, you not did. everybody's perfect, um, but they should be. God damn it! And no, a lot of things can affect the score that a beer gets in a competition. It's not just 
<laughs> Sadly, it's not just how good the beer is. Yeah, yeah. And points don't necessarily matter all that much either. Sometimes it's about what are the, the best beers because some judges just naturally are a little bit lower than others. And that's why sometimes yeah. we'll, Brian and I will talk and we'll have like the exact same feedback, but our scores are slightly different just because you know we all score a little bit differently and, and different days, different nights. And like Brian's saying, like different things can be happening. Someone could be smoking outside. So it could be, you know, there, there's certain smells come through the room and, and, and it's not a perfect world of judging. There's always... There's always things that get in the way of making everything absolutely great. Yep. Someone could be having a bad day. They could have a cold. There could be a glassware issue. You yeah, know? yeah. yeah. A lot of cup issue. Stuff. But there are, you know, there, there are other times where you're like, man, they, they really had crappy judges at this competition. I can't believe this person actually said that about my beer. Do they know what the hell they're doing? And, yeah, you know, the number of times. And the answer is no. Yeah, the number of times <laughs> I've said that, you know, and it's like, what the fuck? Like, you know, like, come on. Like, I, I know there, there's flaws with this beer, but they didn't even point out the right flaws. Like, I don't know. Just, well, ah. and that's always been my problem. Well, not always, but that's one of my problems especially in the past few years and which is mainly why I didn't enter this year is because they're pointing out flaws that aren't that aren't there and I understand that it's subjective but it just I don't know it weighed on me a little bit so anyway I appreciate being uh, you know a, a, a pal to commiserate with Brian um, I didn't think your Iverford was that bad I'll tell you that much. And I didn't, 28 I, was I, like, I Jesus, a, I didn't get a chance to respond either. Like I, I would have. Uh, I just get so burned out by email from work that I, I tend to not. Like, emails tend to be like one or two word sentences. Yeah. And I, you know, I grew up as a writer in my life at one point. But, yeah, I see Brian's responses, and it kind of says to me, like, man, maybe I should be looking for a new career um, <laughs> after seeing that. Like, you know, he has this passion, and I do as well, but I'm like just so burned out from what I do. Uh, uh, I hope everybody I work with is listening right now. <laughs> hey, how you doing out there? Hey, guys. Uh, Ted and Bill and Barbara. Barbara, eat ass. No, um, yeah, no, but Brian, you did actually uh, uh, stand up for judges, and, and you basically just said, um, you know, technically both scores refer to this beer as being very good. Yeah, and that is something to remember because I always forget that as well. Thirty to thirty-seven is a very good beer, even good. Like how many times? Think back to every time you guys have been to a bar, and you've gotten a beer that's just okay. That's yeah. technically a 21 to a 29. Right. So if you're scoring over even a fair, fair is 14 to 20. That's pretty, you know, this beer that I'm drinking, this 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 quote-unquote blonde ale, would be, I would give it a 14. <laughs> it's at the low side of fair. It's unpleasant and major style deficiencies. It's hard to drink. It's super hard to drink. I'm not finishing it. But it wouldn't be good or very good. That's for goddamn sure. And and, and that's what you got to remember. If you score 30 in, 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 in any competition or higher, you're doing, well, you're doing very good. Can you yeah. do very good? And you can do very well. Your beer is very good, but you can't do good. You can do well, right? That's how it goes. I guess you can do good if you're like helping out people and giving handouts and stuff like that. Are you doing good at that point, or what are you doing? Well, I think you're doing good, but a different version of the of the yeah. word good. Good, yes. Yeah. Yeah, if you get above 30A, that's excellent. You know, I mean, that, at that point, it has to exemplify the style well and require, you know, maybe some minor fine-tuning. Um, but, yeah, even then, up to a 44, you know, it still requires some minor fine-tuning. So it's like, unless you make that perfect world-class beer, you know, that doesn't – that's perfectly balanced doesn't need any fixing at all yeah you know you're not going to get those 45 scores <laughs> right right i mean it, you know and it's we've been saying it forever it's a crap shoot you know I, I i've gotten beers that are in low 40s that don't advance yeah and i don't understand why and that drives me at the wall i had a guy um 
one of the guys that works here got a 42 or something like that in a beer uh, in the Nationals and didn't advance. And it pisses him off. And I'm like, yeah, I, I know. That's why I don't enter anymore. Well, those are the mini best of show things, which are also kind of tough because you can get somebody who's a really high score and then you go against other beers and then the best judges are actually judging the mini best of shows. So it, I think the yeah. people that score a 42 mm. and don't go on, they're they're Their, their beer's complaints. not really a 42? Yeah, it's, it's kind of the opposite complaint. They're like, hey, I was really good. But meanwhile, the judges, <laughs> the judges were really bad again. Like, oh, they so they're judging you. team missed the diastole in that yeah, beer. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. Like, everybody has holes, too. Like, I didn't yeah. mean that by, like, ears and, you know, anuses, but, like, everybody <laughs> has holes in their tasting, and not everybody can taste everything, and, you know, and that's why it's good to have, like, multiple people judging, and that's why it's also good to go through multiple <clears throat> rounds where you can kind of yeah. pull out stuff. Yeah, say, okay, yeah, that's fair. Fortunately, I can't taste haze, so there's that. <laughs> Jeez, man. I like these new IPAs that are coming beer, out. Like, dude. I mean, I walk in the studio just after it being poured, <laughs> no head at all, and I go, look, it's a glass of dishwater. <laughs> I mean, the flavor's not terrible. I'll give it that. Anyway, whatever. I'll leave it alone. Um, Okay, let's take a break, and then when we come back, we're going to drink one of these beers. I don't know exactly which one we're going to drink, but uh, we'll figure that out on the break. This is Dr. Homebrew. Hang on, and we'll be right back. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. Now, back to the examination. Everybody, welcome back. JP returneth with beer. I came back with beer here. You know what I'm trying to say? We made a little beer house in our soul. But before that, oh man, where did this stupid? No, I got him printed out. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I printed out the Johns. Everybody, don't worry about it. Uh, the I Dip, everybody, and they will be at NHC. I guarantee it. Uh, the Smart Brew Water Testing Kit incorporates a revolutionary photometer system, which is the first and only one on the market with its own app. 
you have home or commercial use, uh, you can use it in either. So if you're opening a brewery or know a friend who does or have a brewery and you need a better water tester, uh, this Smart Brew iDip is the best one, dude. It pairs via Bluetooth and updates your water results instantly. You can email the results to the rest of your brew team or post to your Facebook page and let your home brew club get the lowdown on your base water profile. You can test over 40 different water quality tests. Four come preloaded and more are available. You can test for things like total alkalinity, chloride, calcium hardness, pH, sulfate, and more with only four mils of water needed for each test. Go to smartbrewkit.com and use code TBN10 at checkout and save 10 bucks on either the standard or advanced smart brew testing kit. Go advanced. Well, you got to, right? I mean, that's kind of what you should do. Why not? Always go advanced. That's really what yeah. I've always said. Yep. We're brewers here. All right, Rob, if you're listening, dude, where are you? What's going on? Let's try calling him. Okay. Let's try calling Rob here. Bros? Poor Rob. I'm calling him out, and he's probably sitting there going, you need to call me, dude. What's going on? <laughs> so we have his Kolsch, yeah. right? That's what we're doing? The Kolsch. All right. Just want to so make sure I'm on the same page with 2015 you 2015 guidelines, 5B. Right. There he is, Rob. Available. Please leave a message hey, Rob. the beat. Well, let's leave a message. Hey, Rob, this is Jason and And Brian Brian. and Keith Kyle Kevin from Dr. Homebrew. We're here calling you, and uh, we're going to drink your Kolsch. So uh, if you're, you know, get this message in time, please return our phone call. Thanks, dude. We we tasted your (laughs) Kolsch. And it was good. Okay, so let's go... Keith, why don't you start us I, off, I knew Duder. that was going to happen today. <laughs> I had a feeling. I was, I was ready, but not quite ready. But uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in here. All right, do uh, it. Okay. So, uh, aroma. Uh, I have a slight solventy note, uh, fairly strong spicy hop aroma, and some lemoniness uh, on the nose. Touch of alcohol, low grainy malty aroma. Um, I think, you know, the thing I'm worried about here is the solvent and lemon are a bit out of style. Okay. I hear a phone ringing. No, no, it's not us. Good. It's not us. That's good. (laughs) Darn those people. Okay. Got the switchboard going here. All right. Continue. Appearance. uh, Very low head. Dissipates quickly if if there is much head there at all. Um, Medium, medium dark gold. A little bit brownish, actually, um, which suggests some oxidation. Uh, low haze, got some haze here, and uh, really, you know, color-wise, I think it's a dark end of the style. Um, moving on to flavor, get a, a high fruitiness with a light plastic clove, light spicy hop flavor. Uh, balance is nearly even between bitter and sweet. Malt is mostly just sweet with a hint of honey, um, suggesting oxidation. Uh, fruitiness and phenols are flaws, also getting a fair amount of, of pep- papery notes. Again, uh, oxidation. Medium body, very low carbonation, bordering on still. Um, really hurts the aspect of crisp- crispness. Style really dictates it has to be a crisp beer. Uh, lack of carbonation, obviously, going to going to kill that. Uh, not getting really much alcohol warming. Um, we got Rob incoming. Here we go. Okay. Incoming. Hey. Almost. Almost. Is Skype acting up tonight? No. All right, Rob. I don't know, dude. I don't know what's going on, but you you call me when you're when you're done. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Keep going. No worries. Uh, I'll just continue on. 
Um, so overall impression, uh, high ester, solventy, light phenol, and papery are all uh, off flavors. Um, you know, the style is very delicate. It needs to be a super, super clean beer uh, to make a, a great Kolsch. Um, there's, you know, obviously some some issues here. Um, you know, lack of carbonation, obviously, on top of all of the other, you know, slight flavor flaws, slight to medium high flavor flaws, I guess. Um, so, you know, fixing this, uh, you know, obviously for the solventy, high fruitiness, what's your firm temps, yeast health, um, and then obviously carbonates uh, properly. Uh, overall, I gave it a 21. Um, so, you know, one of not, you know, it has some room, definitely a lot of room for improvements. Um, you know, balance wise, not not terribly uh, terribly off. So that's one of the good things about it. But uh, just the fermentation is, you know, fermentation carbonation are the big the big issues here. All right, very good, Brian. <clears throat> I agree with a lot of what uh, what Keith said there. This Kolsch uh, yeah, it opened with a low hiss there. Um, it did actually, you know, it does actually have some carbonation, but uh, it's uh, it's not a lot. It's. Uh, and the aroma comes through with a moderate honey-like malt up front to me, and kind of a, a cider-like apple ester in there. Um, yeah, it is fairly estery. There's a faint floral hop in there, which is okay. I mean, you should have some nice little noble hops in there. You, can, you do get the hop, uh, but it also is, is paired with some uh, some slight papery oxidation in the nose. Not getting any, any DMS or acetal, any acetaldehyde or anything like that, but it is lightly solventy uh, for sure. It's not a real heavy solvent, but it is. It's got you know. There's something there that's like wow, a little boozy. Mm-hmm. Appearance wise, it pours a slightly hazy, kind of an odd orangey gray gold color. Almost no head. Um, large white bubbles just kind of flutter on the surface for a second and just falls flat. Um, hard to rouse any bubbles and you swirl the glass here. Yeah, it, man, just looking at it, I knew it was probably undercarbonated. <laughs> Gee, did we, you think? We should have Rob uh, finally. Rob. Hey, Rob. Hey. Hey, what's going doing, on, guys? man? Hey, hey. You do exist. I do exist. I'm here. <laughs> We're tasting your beer. <laughs> thanks for, uh, thanks for, for uh, hitting the phones, man, and giving us a call. Um, I'm going to let Brian finish, and then we'll talk to you, okay? Yep. Sounds so, good. All right, yeah. man. Cool. Um, Continue, Brian, please. Yeah, getting into the flavor, it was interesting. It had kind of a, a mead-like presentation, like one of those, uh, like a light hydromel kind of a thing, because it has so much honey-like uh, flavors in the in the malt. That's interesting. Um, but that you know, some of the, the when the malt starts kind of oxidizing, it does come across like a honey-like thing, as Keith was saying. Hmm. Um, and the higher alcohols are pretty prominent here too. You start you start tasting them, and then in the mouthfeel feeling them. Um, it just seems like yeah, the st- a stale kind of a stale malt component with a honey like bready, oxidized character, uh, but it's, it's balanced to the malt. I would say they're, they're, the bitterness is very low. It, it finishes, I would say, semi dry, um, and there's just honey and solvent in the aftertaste. It's got uh, well, there, there's some some apple esters and stuff in there too, um, but yeah, in a low, low maybe a kind of an herbal hop in the flavor. And kind of herbally. Um, mouthfeel-wise, it's medium-bodied, I would say. The mouthfeel is hard because the carbonation really isn't there. There's no carbonation. It's almost flat. But uh, it wasn't very creamy. There wasn't any real astringency to it. But I do get some warmth in the back of the throat, some of that solvent to heat coming through. And 
Um, yeah, just a little odd in the mouthfeel too. It's it, if the carbonation was there, you, you might be able to get at some something else in there, but it's just falling flat that way. Sadly, but um, yeah, just overall, the beer has some vaguely Kolsch-like uh, attributes, but needs a good amount of work. Uh, it's not entirely unpleasant. I won't say this is like, oh, this is, you know, um, really low-scoring beer. You wouldn't pull your hair out of it. You know, it. you can drink it, but it's, and if it was carbonated, probably score a few points higher. Uh, just misses the mo- the mark with some major style deficiencies here. I would, you know, you definitely want to keep the oxygen out after after you finish your ferment uh, or that malt's going to go stale real quick. So just look at your transferring and uh, how you're getting into the either keg or the, and then from there into the bottle, etc. Um, so, you know, maybe you're doing it from the keg and it's just a pleasant <laughs> colch and then the bottles are all oxidized. I don't know, but you do want to make sure you, you, I think there's more than just that. You know, you want to, you want to carefully, uh, give a big yeast pitch to, to avoid that, uh, uh, solvent like character and the hot alcohols. Definitely, uh, want to take care of your yeast and make sure that you have enough there to, to get it through that, especially with, with a fermentation that should be a, on the colder side. And then maybe too, if you, if you fermented it warmer, maybe then it, it could kick some things out, uh, that the cold yeast wouldn't normally at the temperatures you want to do it at. So, you know, uh, watch your fermentation temp control and all of that too. I give it an 18. It's a fair beer on the high end of that, I would say, but it's, um, it needs, needs some work and, you know, we'd like to help you with this, um, what what um, let's talk to Rob about his background and his recipe and all that fun stuff. Cool. Uh, yeah. So I've been brewing uh, for about three years. Started off with extract. Went to uh, all grain about eighteen months in. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, some of the the comments there probably make sense. This beer was brewed uh, last June, so it's almost ten months old, ah. uh, and it was bottle conditioned. Okay. Uh, so that probably explains some of that is definitely uh, oxidized, um, you know. But honestly, I was looking for you know I'm fairly new to to the taste of beer and trying to identify off flavors that kind of thing. So uh, definitely uh, very helpful comments. But um, you, you want me to go over the recipe at this point or, or hold off? Sure. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, so it was a five-gallon batch. Uh, I have a brewing bag set up. Um, it was 10 pounds of Pilsner, two and a half Vienna, and a half pound of Munich. Uh, Massed at 150, 1.5-ounce uh, uh, power at uh, 60 minutes. Uh, gravity started out at uh, 1.052. Uh, fermented uh, around 62 to 65. It was temperature controlled, and then I let it warm up near the, the end of it. Uh, and then it finished at 1.01. Yeah, that's good. What like to taste it? Um, taste it fresh too. Do you have a bottle of it with you that you're tasting along with us here, or? Yeah, it, I, I'm drinking some right now. Yeah, from a keg or from a, a bottle? You didn't. Yeah, from well, he was all bottle yeah. conditioned. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And did the rest of the bottles carbonate early on? Was it more carbonated, or was it just always kind of flat? Um, yeah, I, I think it was more carbonated. The one I have is, is on, you know, it's not flat, yeah. uh, but it's definitely not fully carved either. So um, it, it may have been a, um, a priming sugar issue. Maybe I didn't use quite enough. Yeah. yeah. Or a lot, I don't know if you can lose some. I mean, usually it sticks in there pretty well once you cap it properly. But mm-hmm. if there was, if the yeah. capping wasn't good, then that you could lose a little bit. Yeah, and it's not anything that. I mean, what yeast strain did you use? I'm sorry, uh, I missed missed the. the yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, the Kolsch yeast uh, 29 from Zero White Labs. Zero two nine. No White Labs. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Which is still not 
super flocculent. So the other option, you know, like, hey, why didn't something carbonate? Maybe all the yeast dropped out. But cold strains in general are t- kind of powdery, and they don't really drop out a lot. So I wouldn't expect it to totally drop out. Um, so, yeah, no, and that's that one drops a little more than the 2565 from, from Y yeast. Um, I, I think the color-wise is a little dark, and I mean some of that we think is oxidation. But I think the the, the right. amount of Vienna and Munich seems a little bit heavy for a Kolsch style, and yeah. I know people okay. put a little a touch of Vienna or Munich in them just to add a little maltiness to them. I'm not a, not a huge fan of that, but it doesn't mean that you can't do it. It just seems like where you're going with it is a little bit on the high side for the style. It almost uh, maybe something you do in a Munich Hellas or you know trying to up the maltiness while Kolsch really is. Is not so much about that. It's really delicate and and you know pills malt showcase somewhat and and really showcasing the, and the yeast as well and the fruitiness there and not really adding a lot more of the malt there. So I, you know just consideration in the future with that. Not that that's I think the, the thing to focus on initially, but um, you know like how about yeast? How did you handle the yeast? Did you have a big enough starter? How did you you know do you have a stir plate? Like what do you what are you doing with uh, the yeast there? Yeah, usually I do have a stir plate uh, and do a starter. Honestly, on this one, I, I didn't document which which way I did it, uh, so I don't I don't remember honestly. Uh, definitely something I'll, I'll look to do going forward to try to make sure it, uh, it's able to finish out uh, completely. So yeah, yeah. yeah the, the the there's more Vienna on this one than I typically do on a Kolsch, and I'm just kind of experimenting around with it. So I think that that all makes sense too. Yeah, it's interesting that it holds all that haze after this much time in the bottle, too. And, uh, you know, I imagine they were stored upright and just, you know, yeah, oh, yeah. it comes up. And the, it's, I'm sure it's darker than it was when you first poured it, too. It's It's got to sure. be... Um, yeah, I mean, I think the, the the main takeaway is that it's ten months is pretty pretty old for a yeah. Kolsch. It's a, yeah. it's a fresh yeah. style. Exactly. It's a month or maybe two, and then it starts to kind of go downhill because yeah. there's nothing really uh, yeah. nothing really in there to hide all those kind of. And I got like some metallic, like some bready yeasty kind of yeah. thing happening, which makes sense because it was bottle conditioned. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Competitive brewers are not going to enter a Kolsch in any competition after ten months normally. Yeah. So you're I mean, not, it's, you're you not know, doing and, it any favors for sure. Okay, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I, I feel like this. we're not we're not tasting your prime here, and it's it's okay. But yeah, I'm sure you did want some feedback on this, so that's that's cool. Absolutely, we want to help you yeah. out. Yeah, I wish I could have gotten something more fresh. JP uh, emailed me and said he needed it pretty quick, so I just I grabbed what I had. That was what you had uh, available. Yeah. yeah, no worries. Yeah. So we'll, we'll we'll take another beer from you down the road. Yeah, it's all good. We have oh. one next month. I think we're gonna do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So we'll we'll be cool. talking to you again. Okay. <laughs> uh, Sounds good. Do you have any final questions for the guys, uh, Rob? Before I let you go. You know, uh, Brian mentioned that it didn't. Um, I mean, other than, outside of the, the apparent oxidation, that kind of thing, there, the the apparent sweetness, residual sweetness. I have a every beer I do. It seems like there's some residual sweetness there, and it doesn't matter. You know, if it, it may be straight pilsner uh, that I use, and I suspect it's some of my water. So in the last couple of batches, uh, a couple of months ago, I started doing more water treatments, uh, and that seems to have helped. Um, um, but uh, it's probably hard to tell on this one since, like, it, like you said, it's so old, but. Um, anything outside of oxidation that, that makes you think that uh, the, the water may be off? I mean, I, I did get a little phenol, not not like a ton of phenol, but that, that would be, I don't know, that's sort of a water problem. But I don't know, pH sort of adjustment and where it falls with a higher final gravity, I mean, I guess... I guess it's possible. I'm trying to think, run through my head right now of what. Not let Brian speak to this. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a big minerally. Uh, yeah. You know, it doesn't seem like a mineral bomb here either. It seems like okay. the water is is okay. It's not. Um, you know, 
I mean, the coarse water is it's 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 not not going to have a lot of minerals in it. So standing out in there, that would just destroy it. It's got to be delicate, keep it fairly soft. You know, enough calcium to make your water happy and uh, and get the get the yeast going. So. Or you know, get the get everything uh, converting in the mash and all of that, and and uh, keep everything happy there. But yeah, um, the dryness is is more attenuating your yeast out properly to get to that level of crispness you want with this beer. Um, well, keep keeping the yeast happy. So okay, oxidate cool. you know well, oxygenate you well when you when you pitch it and and just do everything right there. Use that stir plate you got, and that's that's good. Right. But yeah. Okay. Cool. Awesome. All right, Rob. Be back. Thanks, man. I appreciate you sending the beer. Thanks, Rob. Yeah. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you. Bye. Bye bye. All right. Finally got a hold of him. That's good. Yeah. I I don't like not talking to people. I know. It's not not the same. We can talk about beer all day, but (laughs) it's better to talk to to somebody about it. For sure. All right. Let's take a quick break and we're going to come back and drink this Saison. This is Dr. Homebrew. Hang on. We'll be back in just a jiff. Just a a quick pop of jiff. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five star treatment today are you a member of the white labs customer club if not you should be it's the easiest way to earn free stuff for turning in your old homebrew labels from either vials or pure pitch all you have to do is save your labels and redeem them for things like free yeast an exclusive white labs t-shirt or sweatshirt and even the opportunity to brew with the yeast man himself chris white Signing up is easy. Just go to whitelabs.com slash customer club, fill out the registration form, and then mail in your labels. They will return the favor by sending you awesome White Labs swag. Go sign up today at whitelabs.com slash customer club. White Labs, pure yeast and fermentation since 1995. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. All right. Thanks for sticking with us, y'all. Before we get to the other beer that we have, I do want to remind you, of course, and how can you forget, uh, more beer. They're the best. We all know that. But they also have morebeerpro.com. They offer bulk malt hops yeast as well as pro fermenters and bright tanks along with 4,000 other products to breweries at wholesale pricing. So if you have a brewery, set up an account and save with morebeerpro.com. Super easy. Go there, morebeerpro.com, register, sign up, do all the things, and then life is real good. All right, I got my Johns confused here. 
There we go. Sign that's off on that. Bad, Sign off on that. Well, you never know, man. That's the deal. That's the deal with this whole thing. All right, let's get Steven on the line, right? That's who we're calling today. Just depends how JP identifies today. Well, you never know. And uh, let's pour this face on. We have a couple bottles uh, active, right? Steve, are you there? I am. How's it going, man? Hey. It's going well, and yourself? Perfect. We're just cracking open, uh, cracking open one of your beers, man. Steve, excellent. So, uh, do me a favor while we're getting served with this beer. Uh, tell me how long you've been home brewing, and and uh, what's your background with the saison, and why the kiwi and the whole uh, the whole nine yards, man. I uh, started brewing beer about uh, 2012, and uh, the whole thing with the kiwi was. Um, which got more beer was having a sale actually and white uh hops and so i i ended up getting it and i was gonna do a, actually different yeast and my uh friend when we were we were uh chatting over the uh over the internet uh who was apparently pretty drunk because he didn't remember reminding me about it was like <laughs> we should go with the whole you know new zealand thing and uh suggested kiwis instead of like peach or raspberry or huh. you know what what, what people normally go out with. So I figured uh, it's a little bit of a challenge, you know, trying to figure out how to how to manage the kiwi without getting the whole damn thing infected. And so I figured <laughs> I'd give it a go. Sure. Awesome. Hey, man, I like that. You're like, Sometimes the best ideas start with a drunken friend who has no idea that they're involved at all in it. Challenge exactly. accepted, drunk friend who doesn't know shit. That's what, happened, that's what happened with my baby, actually. That's how it started with the baby, actually. Yeah. I was a drunken friend. No, yeah. I'm kidding. I'm like, kidding. I don't understand. Oh, man. Uh, Brian, why don't you go ahead and start us off with the Saison here? All right. Yeah, it's um, in the nose. It's pleasantly fruity. It's got a nice orangey apple, some pear esters, uh, pretty strong white and black pepper phenolic spice in there to balance the the fruit that is there. Uh, Malt is bread-like, kind of below that. Uh, The alcohol presence is firm and inviting, I would say. It seems pretty smooth. It was a pretty fairly low kiwi presentation in the nose. It's it's so phenol heavy. It's just not, not coming past that too much, and a lot of the other fruits that are there. But you know, it's it's it comes through a little bit in the aroma. And um, you know, I don't eat kiwis for every meal like Keith, so I, I you know, <laughs> uh, I'm struggling to find that in my in my memory banks too. I don't just, remember. Just that. brunch. Only did yeah. it for brunch. Okay. Uh, color-wise, it's a pale golden color with, with very good clarity. Uh, had a medium-low head, uh, white in color, with fairly good retention. It stuck around for a fair while, not, you know, it faded after a little while, probably because of the, you know, the alcohol that's in a saison, everything else mm-hmm. that's going on. But, uh, you know, mostly finer bubbles, a pretty finely formed head. Uh, could be a little bigger and fluffier, but that's okay. Um, flavor-wise, it's got a nice, uh, you know, a bready malt in there and a moderate level of apple-orange esters complementing um, that the medium low kind of kiwi flavor that's in there. I'd say maybe the kiwi comes through a little bit more in the flavor. Um, the uh, finishes, so say kind of medium dry, uh, clean phenolics, uh, peppery in there, and uh, medium low bitterness. Um, I would say that the the phenolics though they're not as as strong in the uh, in the flavor to me as they were in the aroma. They come through you know really. Big Lee in the nose, and then uh, a little less in the flavor. Um, the alcohol is medium high, pretty firm, but but smooth. Um, just a bit biting, but not not harsh at all. Uh, you know, uh, the pepper and malt linger in the aftertaste with that alcohol, and um, you know a little bit of kiwi. 
Uh, mouthfeel wise, it's medium bodied with smooth alcohol heat, um, not burning at all. Just, just no. Hey, there's some, there's some alcohol. Uh, medium high carbonation. You could go higher on that. It's not, not very astringent. No creaminess. Um, it's pretty smooth for how big it is in the mouthfeel. It feels, it feels good. Uh, overall, I'd say it's a nice, nice job accenting an already fruity beer with this this fruit uh, and um, and dealing with the fruit and it's it's clear it's not pulpy or hazy or weird looking it's it looks <laughs> looks nice you know i mean it's true saisons can be a little hazy sometimes you'd probably be okay if it was but hey uh you know you could try out the finish a little bit here i would say bump up the carbonation a bit too it should be a pretty spritzy beer and that's going to drive some of those flavors maybe even some of the kiwi flavor a little bit more but and the aroma especially um Maybe it's it's a pretty complex beer overall. There's a lot of complexity here, and I'd say it's maybe there's some ways you could simplify your recipe a bit that would that would uh, make the what you want to shine through in the beer uh, come through. But yeah, I thought it was a it was a very good beer. Um, you keep that yeast happy longer to dry out the body a little bit, and um, you know bump up the kiwi a bit, and um, you could go higher. I gave it a 34. I thought it was a very good beer. Cool. Oh, all right, Keith. Thanks, Brian. No, I'm Jason. Well, I was actually thanking Brian for, <laughs> oh, for actually saying, for something, saying something important. Oh, but, shit. Uh, anyway, I will continue. Uh, the aroma is pretty dynamic. Uh, as I, you know, I sat around and smelled it for a while. Like, dynamic. Wow. Dynamic. There were a lot of different flavors came out. Uh, you are a judge. Sorry, aromas. Jesus, not not a judge. So I can't even say the right words. Uh, <laughs> big fruity apple. I got some banana. I got light light to medium uh, banana. Um, Light clove, some uh, pepper uh, in the background. I was struggling to find the kiwi. Really couldn't, and the aroma couldn't find the kiwi. Uh, also got some hints of green pepper, and as well some earthiness, maybe from the hops. But overall, like fairly clean. There was nothing really off off putting there in the aroma. Appearance: medium gold with long lasting white head with uh, some fair lacing. Appears to have decent carbonation. Um, this one, eh, you know, still has that great lacing. I think in it. A little bit of legs, so maybe some alcohol there. Uh, flavor, lots of fruit. Again, uh, apple, uh, low banana. Uh, very light DMS in the finish. Uh, light graininess as well. Um, I was getting just just a mild kiwi flavor, I think, and, and I'm a little fam- more familiar with kiwi than Brian, uh, I, I guess. Uh, I enjoy kiwi. Sometimes I buy, you know, buy the by the clamshell or whatever the hell that's called. But actually, it's better go to the farmers market and get some kiwi here locally is always the best way to go. They're pretty cheap. All right, hippie. Anyway, um, <laughs> lost track of what the heck I was talking. About. Keep them on the awesome. west coast long enough. Anyway, but, uh, turns into a hippie. You know, there's a lot of other fruit going on, so it is hard to pick through to find the you know, the apple and the, and the slight banana and, and some pear uh, where that kiwi really is. Uh, getting a like Brian, I really had a lighter in, in terms of the aroma to flavor. The the phenols were a lot milder in the flavor than they were in the aroma. So I'm getting some light pepperiness, some light light clove there. Um, overall balance is fairly even, uh, but it does finish dry still. I like that, and there is some alcohol flavor there. Mouthfeel. A medium light body, medium, medium to maybe medium high carbonation, uh, low warming again, no astringency. Really, again, that the 
the carbonation, like I was kind of, you know, saying, hey, medium to medium, medium high or whatever. It should be like really high. So that's one of the one of the, the difficulties here, and that also kind of affects the whole perception of of body and and just sort of crispness of the beer. So anytime you know, in a saison, right. anytime you can bump up that that uh, carbonation, the better off you are. But uh, overall, really, you know, just re- really great fruity version of saison. There's a, you know, some of that banana stuff's a little bit weird in it. Um, you know, saison. I don't really expect to see that. Um, and you know, I, I am getting a little of the clove, but maybe more peppery. But I am getting a touch of clove. Um, hmm. So I, I watched that too. Um, interested in knowing what yeast you use and how you how you treated that, and could use a little bit more dryness as well. Um, but I, I really like the beer. Uh, could be more effervescent. I just already said that. But I, I like the beer a lot. But the reason I gave a little bit lower score than Brian is I really struggle to pick out the kiwi. Um, it is a hard thing to, to to put into beer and get the flavor from. It's like it's something like mango, where it's like a lot of sugar, and the, the final flavor is just you know it's kind of hard to pick it out through. And not saying that that kiwi has a lot of sugar, but it's just something that's kind of kind of difficult to pick out. And if you add more, I, I don't know, I don't know if it would work or not. Maybe consider adding another fruit to it, strawberry or. Um, other kind of maybe another berry or something would be an interesting mix. I'm not sure. Maybe even maybe uh, gooseberry would be a, like something to add to accentuate the kiwi. Yeah, a double a double fruit fruit it and get you know some other fruit complexity there. I think at this point in time, I don't know if I would enter this as a fruit beer. Really enjoy it, but I gave it a 32 just because as a hmm. fruit beer, I'd interesting. Be like, where where exactly is the kiwi? I like I like balancing the fruit, not having too much fruit. But this is one of those where you're like. Really searching through and sifting through and trying to find the fruit, which is not what well, you want to do for a fruit beer. Kiwis so. are pretty subtle flavor anyway, and they're mainly just more tart and texture, right. really. So yeah. I, I think uh, you would have a hard time convincing someone that there was kiwi in here. To me, it would be, oh, what experimental <laughs> hop are you using? <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Like yeah, what fruit and hop are you using? So yeah. uh, you know, there's a little tang to it, a little, a little bit, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But uh, anyway, Stephen, why don't you uh, take us through your recipe and, and what you did and uh, and all that kind of stuff, if you wouldn't mind? Which farmers market you went to? <laughs> yeah, which which <laughs> the farmers number? market I went to was uh, the supermarket Wegmans. Uh, that, right. That's right by us, because uh, kiwi in, in New York is not exactly a local uh, <laughs> delicacy. It's not. Um, but yeah, so I used uh, eight pounds, nine point six ounces of uh, Pilsner malt as the as the base um, and then he used two pounds 14 and a half ounces of wheat malt uh, eight ounces of Vienna four ounces of acidulated malt and then uh, as a what's called as a bittering hop I used uh, centennial I used uh, a half an ounce of that and then I uh, used uh, one ounce of Waiiti, uh, about 10 minutes, you know, with left in the boil. Um, and that was pretty much it. Uh, the mm. yeast that I ended up using actually was the Lallemand, uh the Belle Cezanne mm. yeast. Okay. All right. Uh, it didn't do a starter or anything like that. I just kind of rehydrated it a little bit um, for about a half hour or so uh, before, I, um, before I pitched it, just to kind of wake it up a little bit. Um, basically, I let it kind of kind of – kind of scroll through the uh the fermentation and then you know right when it looks like the the croissant is pretty well fallen and everything else um i, I threw in basically a clamshell so it's about three pounds of uh kiwi um basically i kind of peeled it all off cut it up in quarters uh put it in the oven at 250 uh for about 20 minutes or so let it cool and then i threw that in in a mesh bag and i let that sit for about five days uh, before I, I ended up pulling it. Why the oven? Um, 
I, in BYO, I was reading uh, what's going to how to kind of do a bunch of stuff with the fruit beer, uh-huh. um, which is kind of sort of how this thing was was starting. And um, basically, they said you know to try and kind of neutralize any of the you know wild yeast and stuff like that to just try and limit you know some of the possibility some of, of uh, infection. Paranoid guys. Yeah, and and I, I mean I get it, but but you're but it's I think with kiwi you're peeling it already. It's like a banana, right. you know. Yeah, so it's you're, it's already protected. So skin, yeah, the skin's there. Yeah, and, pretty, and I wonder fruit as well that has a low pH. So I yeah, that's I think true. It's kind of a hard a hard thing to throw in, and you have alcohol already in the beer when you're throwing it in. And I wonder what kind of delicate aromas were kind of melted yeah, off. Yeah, is that going to dry off? I'm some surprised there's not some like pectin set either at that point in time. Yeah, either. I don't know. It's weird. Like, uh, interesting. We, but that's we cool, all, though. That, I mean, we're, all like, we're all like, you know, your eyebrows all raised. <laughs> yeah, like, like, what's Steven doing over there? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, that's that, 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 like that toasted kiwi flavor. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. No, so but you're, so you're saying basically try and pitch it without the, I without would, the oven. Yeah, why not? I mean, it's especially, you know, and if you're worried about it, you know, either wear gloves or, you know, dip your hand in star sand or something like that, and you can just throw it in there. I think it, I think you're fine. I think you're fine. The, the amount right. of air contact is super limited from peeling it to quartering and throwing it in. Flame the right. surface of the kiwi with a blowtorch. <laughs> yeah. Creme brulee. The, uh, yeah, I think you'll be all right, man. But tr- try it again because I, I would love to know how it comes out with just the fresh fruit. With no with no heat applied to it at think, all because yeah. I think it would be brighter and then I think it would, maybe okay. you wouldn't have some of this problem. It's not, not just a problem, yeah. but you know what I mean. Use more. Right. I mean, how how many pounds was it again? It would be, you used three, three three pounds of yeah. kiwis. That, that is a lot. I would think you'd get a little. Well, more. is it a gas oven or is it electric? Because that will matter. Huh. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, electric. Yeah. See, I could taste it. I knew yeah. it. I knew it right away. No, I, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, thanks for the the recipe and the and the and the John man. No, Do you no, have any no. uh, questions for the guys? Uh. You know, basically, I mean, kind of some of, you know, what I was looking for was, you know, some of the the recipe, um, how well, you know, kind of I balanced kind of the, the fruit and the, and the, you know, the phenols from the saison, which you guys mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was also just kind of interested in, I've been trying to mess with bottling, and that's always seems to kind of be my, my downfall. Um, I think it, it sounds like it lost a little bit of carbonation, you know, kind of in the process. But um, my main worry was that it was going to arrive to you guys flat. And uh, no. no, definitely you know, not. It wasn't flat. No. Nope. So is it a bottle gun, beer gun, or something like that you're using, or what are you doing in terms of bottling? I used uh, the last straw. Okay. Um, so it's kind of like a beer gun, basically from Northern or something like that. Yep. Yep. Hmm. But so Never you were saying that, like to dry it out a bit more, but it ended at ten oh four. Yeah, so um, that's perception, and that's what, you know a little more carbonation would make it seem a little bit drier too, and that's okay. it's, and a lot of that is perception. Yeah. You know, and maybe sometimes as well when you're thinking about that, like could change your water profile a little bit more, a little bit, or or your your uh, hopping rate a little bit high. I don't know. There's lots of different things to change the perception a little or, bit. Yeah, but, I mean, you can get okay. the perception of sweetness too from the a little more acid in the in the beer, like the acidulated malt and the fruit that's in there. The it's kind of acidic too, uh, giving the impression of sweetness, even though it's pretty dry. So I, you can feel right, that right. it's dry, but there is a, a hint of sweetness there for sure. Okay, it's not bone dry. Cool, pretty good, Stephen. Yeah, you all right? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'll all definitely right. uh, try. You know, basically change one thing at a time. So yeah. I'll try it next time with just adding uh, the the fruit directly without uh, putting it in the oven. And that's that's the best way, especially with beer, man, because there's so many variables to change. You never know what's gonna well, what's gonna make the difference unless you do it one at a time. Yeah. Quickly with the yeast, did, what did you ferment at, and did you go up to? Um, I, it was kind of cold in my basement. Uh, yeah. Basically, the ambient temperature was was sixty. I don't have a thermo well or anything. Okay. Um, so I just kind of threw it in at that point. 
Um, and it pretty much my basement pretty much stays 60. Um, so, you know. So you let it naturally it, heat up in the fermentation. Yeah, and then, I'm sure it naturally heated up a little yeah. bit, you know, uh, from there. Um, but I, I know I cooled it down um, to about 65 because um, I was trying to mute at least some of those kind of peppery phenols just to kind of balance it a little bit more yeah. with the fruit because I knew a kiwi is more of a subtle. I would say bring it bring it upstairs as it's starting to taper off yeah. and let it finish high. Yeah, and even I think, okay. and sometimes it's kind of weird, like it's kind of almost counterintuitive. Sometimes you get more flavor from keeping like a saison or a wheat strain cooler. Uh, it stresses the yeast, and they throw off more flavors from doing that. So I, I, I'm not really familiar with that yeast strain that you're using, so I'm not sure what their, their temperature targets are. But sometimes it's better to go, like, you know, a lot of other saison strains, they really want you to go really high, like up to right. 80 and stuff like that, to dry it out as well. But, like, sometimes you can, like, I know, like, with a with a Hefeweizen strain, you know, sometimes it feels like if you go cooler, you get some more of that, that clove flavor as well uh, mm. in fermentation. So and you can stress the yeast a little bit by doing that. So I don't know, something to consider. You don't necessarily, it's not always, like, equal of like hey keeping it cool is going to keep it cleaner sometimes it actually does change yeah. the profile and that's something else to play with but like like jp said you probably want to play with one thing at a time um right. and not, yeah. not multiple factors. i agree with that though too yeah it, it seemed like this yeast might have been a little stressed and some people that like a really peppery saison are going to do it a little bit cooler to do that intentionally so you managed to keep it going and long enough to finish out the 1004 so that's good yeah <laughs> thanks cool. for sharing the beer absolutely hey, thanks. It, yeah all right, Stephen. I guess liked it. Thanks. Oh, and thanks for the can of beer. We're going to crack that open right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, sweet. Yeah, enjoy it. Which is it's funny because Warren brought me two beers from the same brewery huh. like last week. Oh, did he? Yeah, which is it's pretty funny. Great... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was just saying it's it's pretty, uh, I don't know, pretty funny that uh, <laughs> it's all happened with like a week of each other. Jack's Abbey. Yeah, it's a, it's a great brewery up in Massachusetts. They basically, all they do is lo- different lagers. Nice. Um, yeah, they just opened up a new place called Springdale, uh, which they're doing a lot of the sours out of um, yeah. at this point. So. Well, I'm going to drink this entire can and not share it. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. All right, Stephen. Thanks, dude. Thanks, man. All right, man. Bye. Yeah, it's a cool looking can too. Man, huh? you know now like just oh. letting that beer kind of sit in my palate and whatever, I kind of it tastes like kiwi candy. Candied kiwi. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, a, that was a trip. Um, okay, so we have a couple things to give away. Uh, but first, if you're going to HomebrewCon, you got to go to HomebrewCon. If you're any sort of homebrewer at all, um, get your butt over to HomebrewCon. It is in Portland this year. Uh, Portland, Colorado? No, Portland. Where's Portland? Oregon. Oregon. Maine. <laughs> nope. Uh, Portland, Oregon, now. man. Portland, Maine. And I tell you, I was there a few months ago, and there's a lot of cool stuff, man. There's a couple cool uh, a lot of cocktail bars. bars. Yeah, cocktail yes. bars. <laughs> Dude, they do... So, this is, I'm telling you, this is what you do for HomebrewCon. Uh, you drink Rainier beer. And you drink cocktails and don't look back. Don't touch a beer. Don't look at other beer because it's all shit. Rainier and cocktails. That's it. That because you know what you're getting. And you I'm are, telling you, you're this... advertising on the AHA with this. I guess is what you're doing. This oh yeah, that's your, right. I your, forgot. Your live read for the AHA right now. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah. Um, but save yourself for homebrew. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm, okay. I'm talking about the craft beer. Right. right? Don't drink the craft, craft beer. beer. Don't worry about the craft beer. Don't go to the craft beer bars because they're going to be packed. Go to HomebrewCon. Register now at the Homebrewers. What is it? AHA.org. Um, do all that kind of stuff, man. Because I swear to God. Portland is a place to be for food and cocktails. 
<laughs> that's where you go. And then when you go to the conference, go to club night, drink all the homebrew there, go to maybe pro brewers night. You can go to pro brewers night. And uh, that's about it. That's all you need. My advice is the exact opposite of JP's. What? Skip all the talks and just go to every trendy craft brewery in Portland. <laughs> it's the freaking best. I love it up there. Oh, that is not that is not appropriate. That's a funny. That's a funny thing to say, Brian. Mm. I don't agree with you at all. Um, okay, we have a forty dollars gift certificate to GrogTag.com to give away. And who is that going to? Please. The Grog Tag goes to Rob. To and Rob. All right. Yeah, thank you. Good job, Rob. Nice work. Make that beer look nice. Right. <laughs> nice work uh, getting a lower score. Um, well, it's aged. Grog Tag. Yeah, I know. I kind of feel bad. It's, no, like, it's, it's hard to judge a 10-month-old yeah. bottle condition Kolsch. It's just, it's tough. It's like I feel like I'm going to BevMo. Um, but yeah. you know what? Uh, the beer, I think, had some defin- definite... Uh, it wasn't heated to not a sponsor. Well, it's true. BevMo, yeah. not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. Um, it, it did have some qualities, like you said, Brian, and I would love to try it fresh. Yeah, I think it would I have think been a way different beer, for yeah. sure. All right, let's get out of here. What do you think? We're yep. done? Done. All right. So uh, thank you, everybody, for sending in beers to Rob and Steven. Thank you to Five Star, of course, for sponsoring the show. And, uh, again, go um, go to HomebrewCon this year. It's in Portland. It's a good time. A few tiki bars, a lot of cocktail bars. And if you're into it, there's craft beer. But why would you want to go out when there's a bunch of homebrew? So learn about your beers. Learn how to make better beer. Learn how to up- judge other people's beer better because that's just what happens. And then uh, hang out with us because we'll be there. We'll you guys, are, you guys are both going, right? Yeah, buddy. Oh yeah, we're doing. Uh, we're doing. I still haven't booked my. I gotta. I gotta. We'll figure it out. Wow. That. All right. Well, we're doing a couple live Dr. Homebrews. So, uh, you know, that'll be fun. Anyway, everybody, thanks a lot for tuning in, and we will see you next time.